Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Abstract. It's Derek here. Hi, guys. It's Dan. I'm really excited to talk about this paper today because I think it's um, an area that you have a lot of experience and knowledge in, which is <laughs> hair graying. Not quite there yet. You know, some parts of the uh, PhD have been stressful, but it hasn't gotten to a point that I uh, wake up one morning. I'm not like Barack Obama, who you see a photo of him from the beginning of his presidency and the end. It's like that man aged 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's like me before a committee meeting and me after a committee meeting. Gray hair immediately. Maybe one day, but so far we're all right. Might be sooner than you think. That's true. That's true. That's true. I'd be so interested in knowing how fast people go gray <laughs> once they start residency. Yeah, I think uh, Interneur could do that to you. <laughs> the paper we're talking about today is titled Quantitative Mapping of Human Hair Graying and Reversal in Relation to Life Stress, which is something else that we know a lot about, life stress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was published in eLife in June 2021 by the Picard Group at Columbia University Medical Center. And, you know, I'm excited to face this issue head on, you know, talk a little bit about stress, talk a little bit about hair graying, and, you know, knowledge is power. Maybe we'll be able to do something about this, right? This paper feels like the beginning of some uh, either legitimate or non-legitimate startup with uh, the some way to... <laughs> cure graying with 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 the uh knowledge in this paper so let's get into it and maybe either you or some of our listeners will be inspired to go get some venture capital funding to uh stop all hair graying what do you think should we do it you know i'm shocked that we found this paper before dermatology tiktok did (laughs) are you big on dermatology tiktok derek um, you know, I'll I'll peruse. I like to know what what's going on, what what the best retinol products are, what the best sunscreen is. <laughs> it has its value. Spend years and years in uh, med school, but really all the good clinical pearls are coming from dermatology TikTok. It sounds like exactly. So let's get into it, Derek. Can you give us a little bit of background about hair growth and what? is going on with the cells and the natural process of of hair development. There are a lot of different types of cells in a hair follicle that ultimately make hair. Some of these include stem cells that grow at the base, and another type of cell are melanocytes. So these are cells that actually contribute pigment to hair, Um, and this pigment is called melanin. All these different cells receive signals from the outside environment, from our bodies, which can affect how often they divide and how much pigment they make at any point in time. And this is where hair graying comes in. So hair graying is actually the loss of hair pigment, again called melanin, from the hair follicle. And it's typically thought of as a hallmark of aging and irreversible And some people think it's related to psychological stress, but this has never really been definitively proven. We just know from observation that as people get stressed, their hair seems to turn a little grayer, but no one knows exactly why. So examining a hair follicle can actually reveal a lot of information, kind of like the rings inside of a tree trunk. 
That's super interesting that hair graying isn't a switch from one color to another. It's actually the absence of pigment that's typically there. So what did they do to try to understand the mechanisms that are underlying hair graying and the cells that, that go into it? One of the big things we understand from decades of research into stress and metabolism is that how our bodies actually utilize energy when we're under stressful situations changes. And making hair is in and of itself a pretty energy-intensive process that relies on mitochondria, which is, say it with me, the powerhouse of the cell. Love to hear it. Love to hear it every day. <laughs> and stress actually has a pretty profound effect on how our cells use energy, aka metabolism. So things like environmental stress, this includes UV light or radiation, can result in the buildup of free radicals. And these free radicals can then go on to damage cell DNA or organelles like the mitochondria. So in contrast, things like antioxidants, um, which are abundant in a lot of things like fruits, can neutralize these free radicals and prevent their damage. So the authors here thought, okay, does energy metabolism play a role in hair graying? And how do we actually study this process? So it sounds like their overall question is trying to understand what causes hair to go gray. And in general, how do we study this process? Because it's hard to measure. Exactly. The first thing they wanted to do was develop a method to study hair graying. And this is really cool. They did a combination of what they called digitization microscopy, proteomics, which is looking at the proteins inside a sample, and tracking stressful events through a life events calendar. So first, hair digitization microscopy. In this method, they scanned a hair against a white background, and they can actually quantify the amount of pigment in a hair. And based on how fast hair grows in an individual person, they can correlate time with the region of the hair based on this rate of hair growth. The second method, which was proteomics, looks at all of the proteins in a sample and sees which proteins related to a specific process, such as those related to the mitochondria or related to stress or, or something else, are increased within that sample or decreased. So this is a great method. You're pretty unbiased because you're actually looking at every single protein, not just a few proteins. And the last thing was this life events calendar. So they asked participants to note daily events in order to measure psychological stress. This is a pretty validated method in the field of psychology. And again, this way they can correlate um, regions of the hair with stressful events in their life. You gotta love creative scientists. I mean, I'm not sure how many studies combine a calendar looking at stressful life events with unbiased protein studies, proteomics, and hair digitization microscopy. It's really a unique trio. I don't know if there are any papers that have combined those three so far, so kudos to the team. It sounds like they spent a while developing these 
new approaches to study hair graying and combine them with other established approaches like proteomics and this psychological life events calendar. What did they do next to look at the relationship between hair graying and life stress? They lined up the regions of the hair with the life events calendar. And what they found was that hair graying is associated with reported stress. So this is kind of what we guessed all along, but for the first time, they were actually able to demonstrate this using the life events calendar and this new hair digitization microscopy method. Something really interesting that they found was that some hairs that turn white can revert and become pigmented again. And this has never, ever been documented before. What they noticed was that when individuals reported stressful events, this would correlate with regions of hair graying. And when the stressful event ended, the hair would then sometimes turn back to black or, or brown or any other color. This shows that hair graying is a dynamic process and not just a passive one that happens as you age. So interesting that there is both an aging component and a stress component, but reassuring that at least the stress component, once it's over, the hair could potentially revert to its old state. What did they do next once they associated hair graying in this dynamic way with reported stress? So the authors had already guessed that since stress changes how we metabolize energy, that this could be playing a role in hair graying. And through proteomics, what they found was that the proteins in gray hairs contained more proteins linked to mitochondria and energy use. They can even compare two different regions of the same hair. So you know I said before that some hairs turn white but then turn black again. They can look at the differences in protein content between the gray region of the hair and the pigmented region of the hair. And again, what they found was that the gray region, the region that appears when we're stressed, is linked to increased mitochondria and energy use. Overall, this suggests that stressful events may increase mitochondrial metabolism that contributes to hair graying. You know, one interesting thought I had here was, when we're really, really stressed, does this cause our mitochondria to divert energy away from making pigment and into doing other things like, I don't know, generating antioxidants to deal with all the free radicals we get from stress? Like, who knows? This is just one guess that I'm throwing out there. But in the end, they're able to develop this entire mathematical model and proposed that hairs have essentially a threshold for going gray and that stress can either cause hairs to gray earlier or to temporarily go above this threshold and go gray. Whether or not this is actually what happened, it's always amusing to think of the evolutionary story of how biology ended up this way. And it's funny to think of our ancestors, the ones who survived were the ones that were able to divert a little bit of energy away from their beautiful locks of hair towards the rest of the body, survive the mountain lions, and then switch back to beautiful hair afterwards. Yeah. Maybe that's not what happened, but we could make a story that natural selection maybe acted like that. And in general, understanding what makes hair go gray is 
key to potentially preventing or reversing the process in people who, you know, might not like their gray hair. And Dan, I think this is really reassuring for you. I mean, maybe you should just go do some yoga, stop being so stressed about grad school and getting your PhD, <laughs> and your hair won't go gray. Well, I've appreciated this paper that, uh, that at least this aspect of stress-induced bodily changes can be reversible. So I'll definitely be starting my days with a nice uh, uh, round of yoga, maybe some time on the Headspace app. You know, I hear that every time a grad student hears their PI's voice, a new gray hair pops up on their head. <laughs> Sounds about right, yeah. Every time they get a Slack or an email, maybe that's a couple more. And just so everyone knows, I'm totally kidding. I'm staring at Dan over FaceTime right now, and I'm seeing a head full of luscious brown locks. <laughs> He's got a long time before he goes gray. Nothing phases this guy. Same with you, Derek. It sounds like uh, grad school hasn't been intense enough for <laughs> either of us. I think we should be uh, getting off this uh, silly little podcast and getting back to the lab. I'm going out and purchasing a gray wig just so my PI knows how hard I'm working. Maybe that'll help you graduate sooner. They'll see that and say, oh, it's been too stressful. Time to move on. All right. I hope you enjoyed this one, Dan. It was definitely different. (laughs) Very much out of our wheelhouse. Out of the wheelhouse and, you know, nice example of science that's interesting and useful every day. But also we all get uh, so deep into our scientific areas just reading you know papers about the brain or the placenta but it's nice to branch out and remember all the crazy cool bizarre science that people are doing out there so um thanks everyone for joining <laughs>